Welcome to Hymology on the Gospel Radio Network, a program sponsored by the Mars Hill Church of Christ, located at 1135 Rucker Road, Christiana, Tennessee, 37037. You may contact us by phone at 615-203-3637. If you would like more information about our congregation or this program, you may visit our website at www.marshillcoc.org. We invite you to join us every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. right here on TGRN.org. And now, here is your host, Brother Kyle Webb. Welcome to Hymology. I'm glad that you are listening. In an effort to continue our studies of some of these so-called gospel songs, We are looking today at a song called Home of the Soul, written by James Rowe and Samuel W. Beasley. And as we begin with our hymn history, we begin with the one who wrote the words, James Rowe. Mr. Rowe also went by the pseudonym James S. Apple, but for um, our studies and uh, for the songbooks that we use, most of the time I, I've always seen his name used, James Rowe. He was born in England in 1865, and he died in 1933. He served in the Government Survey Office of Dublin, Ireland for four years. He came to America in 1890, where he worked for 10 years for the New York Central and Hudson Railroad Company, and for 12 years as superintendent of the Mohawk and Hudson River Humane Society. He began writing songs and hymns around 1896, around the age of about 31, with more than 9,000 published hymns, poems, and recitations credited to him. The ones that we are most familiar with, God holds the future in his hands. He's my king. I walk with the king. I'm going that way, looking to thee. Love lifted me. I'm redeemed. What is he worth to your soul? Won't it be wonderful there? And you never mentioned him to me. Collaborating with Beasley, uh, writing the music, there were several songs that are credited to, to the two of them. After the Midnight, I Choose Jesus. Our King Emmanuel, ring out the message, walking in the light, and home of the soul. Uh, Nearly 3,000 of the hymns that were written by Roe can be found on hymnary.org that I use quite often. As we look at the music, we see that it was written by Samuel W. Beasley. Beasley was born in Sparta, Virginia in 1873, and he died in Chicago, Illinois, September 16, 1944. He taught music at Shenandoah College for five years. He also maintained a successful publishing business in Chicago. Beasley was inducted into the Gospel Music Hall of Fame posthumously in 1992. In addition to the music written to Rose Lyrics, he is credited with writing the music for songs such as Jesus Paid It All, The Love of God, 
go into the field and the great redeemer. And one characteristic about a lot of these songs that we are looking at is that they are written with an alto lead or some kind of special lead, like ring out the message and the great redeemer have more of a bass lead. Um, But they they certainly use the four-part harmonies very well that we are familiar with. As we are looking at this song, Home of the Soul, we find that it was written and or published in and around 1911. It is included in most of the popular hymn books that are used in Churches of Christ today, Sacred Selections for the Church, Ellis Crumb, Songs of the Church, and the other Songs of the Church, 21st Century Book, Songs of Faith and Praise, all uh, compiled by Alton Howard, Church Gospel Songs and Hymns by V.E. Howard and Broadus E. Smith, Hymns for Worship Revised by R.J. Stevens, uh, Praise for the Lord by John P. Wigand, and Sacred Songs of the Church by W.D. Jeffcoat. Uh, so most of the psalm books that we use, that we are familiar with in the Churches of Christ include this song. And the information that I gather for all of this is found in hymnstudiesblog.wordpress.com and also hymnary.org, uh, two of the sources that I use quite often. Uh, I couldn't find it in any of the, the main books that I, I have, uh, but I was able to find it online. And so I'm, I'm glad to be able to share that information with you. But as we continue our study of this song, uh, let's focus our wor- our words, our time and attention on the words, the lyrics of this song. And here we are talking about heaven. The theme, the overall theme of this song is heaven. And so as we begin with stanza one, we see that heaven is described in each of the stanzas in different ways. But in stanza one, heaven is a prize. Heaven is a prize, like we would would strive for a prize in some kind of competition or sport. Heaven is a prize for us as Christians. If for the prize we have striven, after our labors are o'er, rest to our souls will be given on the eternal shore. And the thoughts of stanza one are going to go directly into stanza two that we will look at in a moment. But let's focus on heaven as a prize, striving for the prize. Paul writes to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and Reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. As Christians, we are striving for a prize. We are striving for heaven. We have not reached that prize. We have not gained that prize 
as of yet while we are on earth. But we are striving for it. We are reaching forward to what is ahead. A prize that is promised by God. And not only did Paul encourage Christians to strive for the prize, but he also set the perfect example. Maybe not perfect, but he set a great example for us as Christians. Think of his words toward the end of his life. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith, and there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. Promised by God, that is his prize. He had competed. He had lived life to the best of his ability, striving for the prize. And he had faith. He knew that that prize would be his because God had promised it. And because God is faithful to his promises. Striving for the prize, we are looking to Christ. There are other passages that speak in terms of sports and competition. Such as Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We are looking unto Christ. The idea that is presented in Scripture is that we are to focus on what is ahead of us. It's almost like we put blinders on on a horse so that we can keep them from being distracted by the things that are going on in their peripheral vision. We almost have to put spiritual blinders on for ourselves so that we are not distracted by the cares of life by other various things that can serve to distract us. But we need to keep our focus. We need to keep our sights set on what is ahead. We are striving for the prize. We are looking unto Christ so as not to be distracted, so as not to be um, taken away from our goal, which is... Heaven, heaven is our prize. If for the prize we have striven after our labors are o'er, rest to our souls will be given. 
on the eternal shore. Those who are faithful are granted rest and eternal life. In Mark chapter 10, verses 28 through 30, here we read that Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. Much may be sacrificed on earth to follow Christ. Much is required of Christians. There is much that may be suffered in this life in various ways, persecutions and things of that nature, loss. But in the end, we have a great reward that is awaiting us. We are blessed on earth, but we are blessed even more so in what is to come when we are rewarded with eternal life. This promised reward of anything that could be gained on earth is much greater than we can imagine. Rest. Heaven is a rest. Like sometimes on earth, in in life, we need a rest, a reprieve from some of the things that we are experiencing. Some of it can become overwhelming. Heaven is a rest. Yes, a sweet rest is remaining for the true children of God where there will be no complaining, never a chastening rod. In the Old Testament, Israel gained rest from their wanderings and from their enemies when they entered into the land of Canaan, the land that God had promised to them. They were finally given rest after leaving their bondage and and they get into trying to to find this land of promise. They make some mistakes and spend 40 years in the wilderness. They are finally granted rest. And Hebrews chapter 4 speaks of this rest. But there's another day of rest that the people of God should long for. And something that I'm sure Joshua shared with the people. And something that we understand more so with the New Testament. But there is a greater day that is coming than anything that we can experience here. A greater rest than what we can experience here on earth. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 8 through 10. And if you get a chance to... Read the entirety of Hebrews chapter 4. It's completely devoted to this idea of rest. Uh, The word is used several times throughout the chapter. But in verse 8 it says, For if Joshua had given them rest, 
then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. As we are reading this, even in the the age that we live in today, there remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. There are great labors, great works that we are involved in. We have great responsibilities in this life. But there is a day of rest that is coming. A day when we will rest from these labors. As God rested from creating the world, so we will experience this day of rest. A rest here is provided for many things, such as complaining, and any reason to complain, for instance, and the chastening rod, as the song speaks to these things. You know, some of the greatest blessings of heaven are the things no longer seen or experienced by God's people. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Some of the greatest rewards of heaven will be the things that are not seen or experienced. The things that we experience in this life, such as loss and pain and suffering, persecutions, all of those things are done away with. All of those things are put to rest in heaven. Not a tear will be shed. All tears are wiped away. We come to stanza three of this song and we find heaven described as a homeland for us. There are places on earth that we might call home, uh, whether they be rented or owned. We are only here for a short time. But our true home is awaiting us. Our home in eternity. Soon the bright homeland adorning. We shall behold the glad dawn. Lean on the Lord till the morning. Trust till the night is gone. In Hebrews chapter 11, we have faith's hall of fame. We have many individuals that are listed there as faithful from those that were in the Old Testament Um, And and as we come into the New Testament, we find uh, new people of faith as well. But all of these that are listed here are striving for something. They are faithful for a reason. But why are they faithful unto God? 
They believe him. They believe his promises. And in Hebrews 11, beginning with verse 13, we read, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Home. We all long for home. Sometimes it may be a longing for a home that we have once been in, but are no longer there for whatever reason. Uh, maybe it's a house. Maybe it's more so uh, the family life that, that once was experienced, that we can't get back. Uh, in seeking a, a congregation of the Lord's church, we seek a home congregation, do we not? We want to feel at home. And, and that's exactly what these men and women of faith were doing. They were seeking a homeland. They were seeking something better than anything experienced, a heavenly country that God had promised and prepared for them. They were faithful to God because they looked for a home in heaven especially those such as Abraham and Sarah that lived in tents. They, they lived in the land of promise, but they lived there as strangers, as sojourners. And, and they dwelt on earth without a home. They were looking for a home. And we should never lose that mindset. We should never fail to, to look for a home. We want a home with God. And God has promised us a home in heaven with him, if we are faithful. We come to the chorus of this song. Home of the soul, beautiful home, blessed kingdom of light. There we shall rest, never to roam. Free from all care, happy and bright. And where falleth no night, Jesus is there, he is the light. Oft in the storm, lonely are we. We are sighing for thee. Sighing for home, longing for thee. Beautiful home of the ransomed beside the crystal sea. Ransomed by the blood of Christ, we are drawn near unto God. And if we remain faithful, God has promised us a home in heaven with him. We have many responsibilities on earth. We have responsibilities to God. We have responsibilities to our families, to employers, to mankind. Uh, we have great responsibilities in this life. If we are not careful, many of these responsibilities can become distractions for us. They can distract us from the goal. Maybe it's the, the way that we are carrying out these responsibilities or, or 
a certain place in which these responsibilities bring us. But we can be distracted from our goals and we need to be careful that we are not distracted from those goals. Whether these uh, responsibilities be earthly or heavenly, may we not be distracted. May we keep our minds focused on the goal ahead of us. Keep your eye on the prize, it is often said. I want to remind you as we close our lesson today of the persecuted church, the church of Smyrna. In Revelation chapter 2, we are told of of this church, and uh, it was one of the churches that was uh, not uh, condemned for something that they had done, but they were commended instead. But they did suffer persecutions, and they remained faithful in their persecutions. I want to share with you what is said to this church in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10, one of my favorite passages. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death. And I will give you the crown of life. Even being persecuted, they were not to take their eyes off of their goal. They were not to be distracted by this and, and to be uh, carried off in the, a different direction. But they were to remain faithful until death. And in doing so, they were promised the prize, the crown of life, a crown of life, a home in heaven with God. These things are great promises for us, and we need to keep focused on these promises. We need to keep focused on what is ahead, not to be distracted by anything in this world, but to make sure that we strive for the prize. If for the prize we have striven, After our labors are o'er, rest to our souls will be given on the eternal shore. Home of the soul, beautiful home. There we shall rest, never to roam. We need to keep focused on the prize. Don't take your eyes off the prize for any reason. Make sure that you remain focused on God always. And the great reward that he has promised us will be ours. Thank you for listening today. I hope this lesson has been helpful to you. And I invite you to join us once again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. As Lord willing, we study another song together. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you for your support. Until we meet again, may God continue to bless you.